Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday and happy 4th of July. Rashini Rajkumar here along with Hennepin Healthcare's David Hilden, Dr. David Hilden to all of us. Happy 4th, Doc. Happy 4th to you, Rashini. I hope you're going to have some... Time with family and friends today, a little time to relax. I'm going to be at the hospital, but I'll have a little time this evening to relax a little bit. I hope everybody's going to have a good fourth today. Right. I hope people don't have to visit you at the hospital today. Exactly. Yeah, here's the deal, everybody. You go have a good time with whatever you're doing. You can be barbecuing or maybe you're at the lake and you're on your boat or maybe uh, whatever you're doing, have a safe and fun. I agree with the fun part and the safe part. And maybe you won't have to come see me. Although, you know, I don't do... uh, trauma. My my trauma colleagues at the hospital tell me that it's been a busy season thus far. So they're there for you if you need them, uh, but you don't want to need them. So <laughs> you, don't everybody, need them. you don't want to need them, including with those fireworks. If you're doing those, our burn and our surgeons, our burn people and our surgeon people, they're used to seeing fingers blown off and stuff. So be super careful with fireworks. Don't yeah. approach an unexploded firework. Don't let kids do it. Even sparklers burn so hot they can burn you bad. So be careful out there while you're having a good time with your family and friends. Yeah, I just noticed on uh, the Pioneer Press is reporting that law enforcement is cracking down on drunken boating. So be very careful. Whatever wheel you get behind, don't do it after you've been drinking. No kidding. We've had that as well. I um, And, you know, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have lots of great lakes around here, obviously. And, uh, and there's nothing more fun, is there, than just hanging out there on a boat. But a boat is a dangerous weapon, just like a car if you're drinking. And so uh, I, I'm fully on board with that, with law enforcement helping us out to keep people safe by not tolerating any drunken boating. So that's also a, a really good idea to be careful with is that. The other thing I might mention is uh, it's been so hot lately. You know, I know you're a runner, Rashidi, so am I. And I went for a run yesterday around Lake Harriet. It was about 90 degrees. And uh, I carried a water with me, which I usually don't do because I don't have enough hands. But uh, it's a good <laughs> idea to stay. stay uh, one's got my phone in it when I've got my music on. And, and, and the other had the water bottle. So drink plenty of water if you're outside. Uh, plenty of whatever, just non-alcoholic drinks um, to keep yourself hydrated, especially if you're exercising. And then the other tip is make sure that you're using sunscreen. This is prime time. It only takes about 10 minutes to get sunburn if you, on certain parts of your body, like your face, your ears, and stuff like that. So lots of sunscreen, lots of water while you're out there uh, in, the, in the heat, which we've had so much of this year. Yeah, very good tip. Today is an open line show. We're so excited to get your questions already. Some coming in on the text line. You can call and text us, 651 651- 
989-9226. And Dr. Hilden will attempt to answer as many questions as possible. It's always wonderful to hear from all of you. And then both today and during the week, you can reach Dr. Hilden and me on Twitter. Dr. Hilden tweets at Dr. David Hilden, Dr. David Hilden. And then I tweet at Rashini R. That's Rashini with an O. Feel free to follow us, message us there, and we can get to your questions both during the week and on the Sunday show. Again, the number is 651-989-9226. And Dr. Hilden, I understand it's still not too late to give blood if uh, you are able. It is not, and thanks for bringing it up, Rashini. Uh, we, are, we are still in a bad blood shortage, and it gets worse about this time of year because not so many of us are thinking about it. And so the last few weeks I've been bringing it up on the show and I feel really fortunate to be able to talk to so many people about something that's so important. And the the nice thing about talking about giving blood on this show is that I'm hearing from many of you that you did just that. I'm hearing about it because you're tweeting about it. There was one one person that I uh, uh, tweeted a picture of herself giving blood and was proud to do it, and it felt so good to do it. I've heard from listeners across the upper Midwest how because you heard we need it, you went out and did it and how good it felt. So we are in shortage of all blood types. The universal donor is O negative, but you don't have to know what type you are. We'll take all types of blood, A, A, B, B, O, all of them. We need them all. And so here's the place to do it. You call 1-888-GIVE-BLD, one Eight 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 give bld or you can go to Memorial Blood Center at mbc.org. That's Memorial Blood Center, mbc.org. The other um, per, uh, organization that collects blood in the Twin Cities is, of course, the Red Cross. You can go to redcrossblood.org. So any of those places, mbc.org or redcrossblood.org, and uh, your blood will go to good use. You won't ever know who got your blood but you can know that it went to somebody who needed it and needed it badly and it perhaps saved their life. So it's free, it's easy, takes less than an hour. Thank you to everybody who's donated blood. 1-888-GIVE-BLD or mbc.org. All right, lots of texts coming in. A little teaser. The Bunions are back. Bunion text. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> get that ready. was last week's show. Foot we alert. had a lot of that, didn't we? <laughs> alert. Well, we didn't get to all the questions, and I said, you know, you can reconnect with us the following Sunday, and they are. The Bunions are back. All right, it's a, it is our open line show. Dr. David Hilden, Rashini Rajkumar with you on this Independence Day Sunday. Thanks for being with us. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226. We are back. Happy 4th of July. Dr. David Hilton, Shini Rajkumar with you. It is Open Line Sunday. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226. Doc, we have some calls coming in, but I want to get a couple of the texts out of the way because we have so many. All right, so this person says, I've been fighting a chest cold for about a week. Now I've had no sense of smell or taste for five days. I'm vaccinated. Are there reasons besides COVID that this could be happening? I guess there are, but not as any that you really need to be concerned with. If you have lost your sense of taste and smell, and it's pretty dramatic, you really can't taste or smell much, it's more likely to be COVID than anything, even if you're vaccinated. Now, the vaccination, uh, what do I want to say, the uh, effectiveness rate is, is huge. No matter which one you got, it's super high, but it's not perfect. 
and uh, we're finding it to be one in a hundred uh, people who uh, of the people who are getting COVID were the vaccinated ones. Ninety nine out of a hundred did not get a vaccine. Something like that. And so it's at least possible if you have um, some symptoms of 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 upper respiratory symptoms. That's what COVID is. It's upper respiratory. You'll feel short of breath or you'll have, um, uh, you won't have uh, your typical cold symptoms of just a runny nose and nothing else. But if you do have the loss of sense and smell, I would go get a COVID test, even if you were vaccinated. Other things, you could have some other virus in your nose that's making it difficult to uh, taste and smell, but for sure, go find out if you have COVID. All right, this person is asking, how long is the average recovery time after rotator cuff surgery? When does the pain go away? Well, the pain should get better each week for a few weeks. You shouldn't have pain in a month. You might have soreness, and there is a little bit of a difference. If this thing is acutely painful, it is really painful, that should last just a few days, uh, maybe a week or two. But after that, it's more of a soreness. And after three or four weeks after rotator cuff surgery, that soreness should be, even that should be getting a little bit better, although you might have some soreness for some months. But if it's truly painful, you're wincing, it hurts to move at all. If that's still happening after just a few weeks, then I would go, I would call your surgeon again. The key to all of this is a physical therapist. They are so good at post-surgery recovery of telling you when to immobilize your arm, which you want to do at the very beginning, but you don't want to do that for long. You want to move your arm. And so make sure you're seeing your physical therapist. And if your pain is lasting more than a couple of weeks, then I would go talk to your surgeon. All right. This is Open Line Sunday. Call us or text us 651-989-9226. Mike is on the line from Ham Lake. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, when you're in your 80s, is this a normal thing? Uh, when you bump up against things, you show bruises on your arm or body, wherever you hit something, and it goes away in a couple of weeks. But is that aging process there? Is this bruise easier? Yes, Mike, it is. Uh, your, the, your skin uh, atrophies as you age, just like many things. Uh, atrophies means gets thinner and weaker and, and smaller and less robust. And so probably what is happening uh, to an older adult who's bruising a lot is that those little teeny capillaries underneath the skin aren't as protected as they once were, and they just rupture. And so they cause bruises. You'll see that on older adults a lot. So is it normal? No. But is it common? Oh, yeah. It's really common, Mike. Now, the, the difference is if, there are, if, there are, if it's requiring almost no bumping to, to cause the bruise. In other words, if you're bruising with even the most slightest little insult to your body, you barely rub up against the refrigerator and you get a bruise, for instance, you should have that looked at because there are some blood-borne disorders, uh, uh, bleeding types of disorders that can show up later in life. It's really easy to test with a simple blood test, but the vast majority of older adults, bruising is, is sort of comes with that skin atrophy. All right, we have a few more minutes before the break. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. This listener says, I have an exostosis on the top of my right foot. How is this removed? What do I have to do during recovery? And how is Santiago doing? All right. Um, if you have any kind of gross on your foot, is it a corn or a skin tag or a, bun- you know, a bunion's not a growth, uh, you can, I don't know exactly what this person's uh, foot is doing exactly, but uh, I would see a dermatologist or I would see a foot surgeon. If it seems like a little skin lesion, 
then you then you would see a, a dermatologist. If you have a bony outgrowth or a corn or a callus, you can see a podiatrist such as Dr. Nikki Bowerly, whom we talked with last week, and they can get that. They can take care of that. They can they can they sort of what you do at home. They can rub them off. They can shave them off. They can be surgically removed, and sometimes there's topical. Uh, medications they can use for various things. But if you have a bony or outgrowth or a callus or a corn, those are usually surgically sort of removed. And Santiago is one of our unbelievably, incredibly talented interpreters. He's doing great. Wonderful to hear. All right. And the bunions are back. This person asks, is bunion surgery usually successful? Yes. Uh, your bunion is where your the the joint at the base of your big toe is getting worn away, usually in a asymmetrical fashion, and so your big toe starts pointing inward, and it goes more inward and more inward and more inward. To some people, it's actually covering; it's actually crossing over your second toe, and then you get this big bulge on the on the inside of your foot, where where you can imagine the whole thing is just pivoting. It's not aiming straight front to back; it's aiming a little bit to the side. They uh, these surgeries are successful. Foot surgeons are very good at uh, fixing these. It maybe won't look as good as it did when you were a foot model at age 22, but they will look pretty good and they will be functional. Not every surgery is perfect. Sometimes they can't do it. Maybe sometimes the, the, the problem is too severe. But yes, in general, go to see a, a podiatrist like Nikki uh, that we talked to last week. We can do that at Hennepin if you want. Just go to hennepinhealthcare.org and look up uh, Dr. Bowerly, B-A-U-E-R-L-Y. All right, Dr. Hilden, listeners are really giving me a, a test of my pronunciation skills today. Uh, this person says, carry an EpiPen for sodium nitrate and nitrate allergy in food. Is sodium lactate and sodium asorbate the same danger? I bought some salmon lox, and this is prepared with the latter too. I'm not aware that they are. So um, the sodium is just uh, the salt. Whenever they make things like this, um, supplements and other things in food products, they, you can't have your food or your supplements with sparks. They have to be electrically neutral. And so one of them is usually a positive charge and the other is a negative charge. I'm not kidding. You're, these things, are, this is how drugs are made. They have to, have a, they have to be electrically neutral. Uh, sodium is an electrically positive thing. Chloride is electrically negative. You put them together, they make sodium chloride. That's table salt, and it's neutral. So that's what the sodium is. The rest of these things, I got to admit, I don't know what they are. Uh, I don't know why one would take sodium ascorbate or why one would take sodium lactate. Lactate and, and ascorbate, ascorbate is vitamin C. It's a, maybe a vitamin C kind of a thing. But I am not aware of any allergy cross-reactivities to sodium nitrate, to ascorbate, or any of those things. But I'm going to admit to this texter, I don't know. Uh, so I would call your allergist, whoever prescribes your EpiPen, and ask them that very question. All right, one quick question before we go to break, Doc. Does Medicare cover physical therapy? That's a, also one I'm not going to be able to be for sure about. The person who knows the least about what's covered is often your doctor. Uh, I believe, yes, if you have an acute problem, uh, a surgery, something that requires ongoing physical therapy that your doctor says is medically indicated, my, I think it is. That's a big, with a big caveat, though, I think it is. I'm not 100% sure, though. All right, you are listening to Healthy Matters. Open line Sunday on this 4th of July holiday. Dr. Hilden is answering all your questions. Call us, text us. We do have a lot of texts coming in, so I want to remind people, we promise we get to you if we will get to you if you call us. 
We'll try if you text us. 651-989-9226. Healthy Matters. We'll be right back. We are back on Healthy Matters. Happy 4th of July. Roshini Rajkumar with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226. This person, or it's John texting in saying, Roshini, I am a physical therapist. Medicare does cover physical therapy. Have never had any problem with patients being covered. And John says he listens every week. Well, thank you, John. That's good to hear, Doc. That is good, and thank you, John, for that. You know, uh, I'm not always aware of all these things, although I'll tell you one thing I am aware of is how awesome physical therapists are. That is one of the, sure. my, uh, my colleagues in medicine that I can't tell you how much I think do a good job. So for John, for all you and your colleagues in PT, thank you, and thanks for clearing that one up. Medicare, you should be good to go with PT. All right, Pastor Jake has this for us. Good morning, you two. A lot of people in my church are elderly. I've been considering having a parish nurse fair amount of churches do this. Do you think there is value in this? Well, that's an interesting question um, uh, from the pastor. Uh, I, you know, many churches have elderly folks and, and, and for, for certain kinds of, 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 especially preventive things like vaccination clinics and the like, a parishioners might be a good idea. I don't know how many parishioners um, they have, if you can, if you can, you're big enough to have a parishioners, but many people do get much of their community support through their local congregation. And, and a lot of churchgoers are older folks. So I think it's, a, it's an intriguing idea. I support it. Um, if, you're, if your congregation can do that, I think it's a great idea. All right. Anne is calling from my hometown of Edina. Good morning, Anne. Hi. Um, my husband yesterday evening complained of what he thought, felt like shingles. He's had them in the past a long time ago, and he has the little blisters. But he had the shingle shot two years ago, 2019. I looked it up. Can anything be done for it? And, you know, what were the comments? Yeah, the shingle shot is highly effective. Again, not perfect. So it's it's still possible, Anne, that he that he does have shingles. And if that's the case, it'll probably be a much more mild case. And maybe he can just wait it out. He could take a Tylenol for pain, for instance. So that is a possibility that it shingles. It's also possibly something else, and uh, and I would have I would see a dermatologist for that. If it doesn't get better over the next couple of days, particularly if it's burning and painful like shingles, and it doesn't get better, I would I would go have that seen just to be sure it's it's not something else. But if it is shingles, it's likely to be a very mild case and not something he has to worry about. But again, go see somebody if it doesn't get better. Wow, here's an interesting one, Doc. About three weeks ago, my husband had a sudden gushing nosebleed that occurred without any contact with his nose. It lasted about five full minutes. It happened again twice within the next two days, but none since. There was nothing unusual or dry regarding the weather. These happened in the outdoors twice and once in his vehicle. Should he be concerned? I think you should have it looked at. Uh, people do get spontaneous epistaxis. That's what a nosebleed is, epistaxis. But, and, and, and it is often from things like dry weather. The mucous membranes of your nose get dry and those little blood vessels get irritated and it doesn't take very much. One little blood vessel pops and next thing you know, you have a nosebleed. But if it's happening recurrently and it's a new thing, like it sounds like in this case, 
I would have that looked at because you could have a, a blood count problem. You could have a platelet problem, particularly. And these are hematologic problems that are easy to fix or to diagnose with blood tests. You don't want to miss some online underlying bleeding disorder. So I would have I would have your husband go in and have that checked with some blood tests. All right. Can nicotine lozenges be bad for you? My husband has substituted them for cigarettes, but he takes more than prescribed. No, that's okay. In most cases, that's okay. Uh, nicotine is a stimulant and it's highly addictive, but it's not nicotine in the cigarettes that's going to kill you. The nicotine gets you hooked on cigarettes and it's all the smoke that's going to kill you in the cigarettes. So there are, I can't tell you how much safer nicotine lozenges are than the cigarettes that they're meant to replace. Now, that being the case, since they are a stimulant, if somebody has heart disease, particularly if you've had a heart attack in the past, too much nicotine can overstimulate your heart. It can, it can get it going too fast, for instance. So I, I would lay off a little bit if that's the case for you. But in general, you can use those nicotine lozenges every hour, uh, all day long, just about. And, and maybe it would be helpful for your husband to get the smaller dose. They come in different doses of lozenge. Maybe get the smaller dose so he's not getting quite so much nicotine with each one. That'd be my suggestion. I would say, uh, you know, my very medical opinion, switch, switch to Jolly Ranchers. There you go. That Oh, Rishi, that's a great idea. That's why we're a team. You know, maybe mm-hmm. do the nicotine lozenges some of the time and alternate with a Jolly Rancher or a hard candy with every other one. Then you're getting half as much nicotine and you're still getting the same kind of effects. That's a great idea, Rashini. It's it's like I'm getting the medical degree from the school of Dr. Hill. I'm telling you. It's Doing a mini a show medical with you school. Now for eight months. Yeah, I love it. All right, <laughs> right jo- Joan is on the line from St. Paul. Hi, Joan. Good morning. I'd like Dr. Hilton to talk about the closing of Hennepin's urgent care. Well, sure, I could just a little bit. Uh um hospital systems have to always find the most efficient ways to do things and down at Hennepin we have all we have an, a great clinic building right across the street from our urgent care building and they are seeing walk up patients without appointments and so we are just consolidating all of the services we're not eliminating any services we're just consolidating the services into a single location and so that's what uh, that's what we've done uh, healthcare systems all the time have to make sure we're serving the patients as efficiently as possible. And since uh, sometimes we uh, have to make some routine decisions. So uh, uh, we have outstanding people in urgent care at Hennepin. We do. And uh, and uh, that's the case here. All right. Uh, reminder to people, call us, text us 651-989-9226 on this open lines, 4th of July Sunday. This listener says, have an achy lower right leg with a vein that sometimes looks bigger. Could it be a varicose vein, and would compression socks be in order? Yeah, it could be a varicose vein. Varicose veins are very superficial veins that get clogged up. They get they they get dilated and engorged with blood, and they can be unsightly. They can be painful as well. The good news is there's some treatments that aren't so barbaric as they used to be. It used to be this big surgical stripping. Now they use lasers and radio frequency waves, and so the treatment is quite good. And yes, indeed, compression stockings can be helpful for varicose veins. Uh, There is another problem that can occur in the veins of your legs, and that's a DVT, otherwise known as a deep venous thrombosis. Deep means it's the deeper ones, not right under the skin. Venous is vein and thrombosis is clot. So that's a different situation. But I do want to bring it up because if you are having 
one leg that is swollen that the more swollen than the other. You have unilateral one-sided calf leg swelling. That could be a DVT and that needs to be looked at by a doctor. But if you are just having those unsightly superficial uh, varicose veins, yes, compression stockings are a good idea. All right, lots of good stuff here. Uh, okay, this person says, good morning, I have plantar fasciitis in one foot. Two cortisone shots, custom orthotics and chiropractic care, also wrapping of the arch. Sometimes the pain is on the bottom of the heel, sometimes on the back of the heel. It seems as though I've plateaued with healing. This person is a non-smoker, non-drinker, and an active runner. This person has a common problem that is really sometimes hard to get rid of, plantar fasciitis, heel pain, foot arch pain. Your plantar fascia is what arises out of your the back of your heel and it forms the arch of your foot. And so if that is getting little micro tears, micro stretches and inflammation, it can really hurt. You've done everything you can do, uh, this person, uh, at least in terms of the usual treatments. And so it might just take some very uh, dramatic changes in your activity of your foot. No more running. And that's hard for, for me to say, especially in front of you, Rashini, runners. You know, um, running might not be for you at least for another 6 to 12 months. Try something else, biking, swimming anything else to allow it to completely heal and then start over with a gradually getting back to activity. And then I might suggest, and you're probably doing this, but I might suggest going to a physical therapist uh, and trying a different set of exercises. I might try a different set of shoes. And then I might try something like acupuncture or massage therapy. These, are, these alternatives uh, are sometimes quite helpful for people. All right, we're running up against the break, but let's try to get in Lois from Minneapolis beforehand. Hi, Lois. Hi. Um, I'm wondering if you've ever heard of anybody that has lost their hair after they've had their second vaccine. No, that's not a common uh, uh, side effect of the vaccines. But it's a newer vaccine. Things, Anything's possible. Uh, but no, I haven't heard about that one. If uh, See a dermatologist. Um, we, we often suggest a dermatologist for hair. So I would suggest a dermatologist or your primary doctor to just take a look uh, if there's something else that you might have. The thing we think about with hair loss is your thyroid. If you've had an overactive thyroid, we also, there's some also some other conditions that can lead to hair loss. Or I'm going to leave it out there. It's possible. It's from the vaccine. There's a lot we don't know. I, would, I wouldn't imagine it's a dangerous condition, but anything's possible. And speaking of dermatologists, Dr. Jenny will be back later this month. She was a very popular guest when we had her on recently, Doc, and we didn't even get to all the questions that came in for her. Yeah, Dr. Jenny Liu is our chair of dermatology. Uh, uh, she's such a popular uh, uh, guest on the show. She's coming back in a few weeks. All right. You are listening to Open Lines on Healthy Matters on this Independence Day as we celebrate the country's birthday Celebrate with us when we come back from the break by calling or texting 651-989-9226. We are back on Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar wishing you a very happy 4th of July. We hope you keep it safe and fun this weekend. Stay away from the hospital. Uh, and if you're going to imbibe in those alcoholic adult beverages, just don't get behind a wheel. 
It's pretty much that simple, Doc, right? It is that simple. That's about it. If you're going to enjoy yourself in moderation, and just don't drive a boat or a car or a motorcycle. If and put on sunscreen no matter what you do. Mm. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226. Get in your questions on this open line Sunday in our remaining minutes. This person is wondering, does adding milk to coffee negate the antioxidants in coffee? There's some, some people think that that's the case, although there's not a ton of evidence of that. Coffee, much to my bliss, has not been shown to be harmful to people and has actually been shown to be rather healthy. There's almost no downside to coffee except the caffeine. I mean, the caffeine can give people headaches and withdrawals and all that, but it's generally a pretty healthy substance. And it's also thought to have some antioxidant properties, although that's not fully known about what real effect that has on your body. There is some suggestion that putting a little bit of milk in your coffee might reduce the antioxidant benefits. But most people I know who have talked about this have said, oh, don't worry about it. If you like a little bit of milk in your coffee, go for it. It's not like the coffee is going to save you from that heart attack down the road. You know, it's, it's not like the antioxidant effects of coffee are that great anyway. So if you like a little milk in your coffee, uh, go for it. It's kind of like if you're sitting on your butt ski and not doing any exercise, not eating well, coffee's not going to save you. Yeah, but... I often say that I, that's exactly it. Some of these healthy things we do, although it's healthy, it doesn't matter if you're well overweight and you smoke cigarettes and your cholesterol is high and your blood pressure is high. Those are the things to, to worry about. And I am going to, uh, uh, well, I'll take the next call while I drink some more of my coffee. I'm All a right. huge coffee you drinker, folks. You completely have that coffee. <laughs> well, you're very fit. Okay, I'm going to get, get to our next text question here. What should you do for a pinched nerve by your elbow affecting your arm and neck? Should you see a chiropractor? This person is now taking muscle relaxers and naproxen. Yeah, I wouldn't want to take too many muscle relaxants and, and naproxen. That's a, a non-steroidal. And then they, they just have side effects. And you don't want to take medications uh, f- if you can help it. A chiropractor might help if you have problems, particularly in your neck. A physical therapist might help. A massage therapist hype might help. And the tincture of time might help. It might just get better over time. If your elbow is hurting on, on one side or the other, it could be what we call tennis elbow or golfer's elbow. It could be pinched in your neck. And so I would get a good evaluation, and I do actually suggest a chiropractor for that, to see if, if where the pinching might be. Because you don't want to mess around with your nerves too much. You don't, want to, you don't want to self-diagnose, and you don't want to treat things that you're not sure what they are. So see your doctor, a physical therapist, or a chiropractor. Doctor, I think a tincture of time is probably a good treatment for a lot of things. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I I tell people this is going to get better regardless of what you do. But you can make it a little bit better if you do these exercises or you do that. But time is going to heal this. I use that all the time. All right. So this person is wondering about calcium uh, for osteoporosis. Yeah, calcium, the calcium storage has changed a little over the years. Certainly, you don't want to have a body that is low in calcium or vitamin D or both. They are involved in your bone metabolism, your health of your bones. There is not a lot of evidence, however, that taking a bunch of calcium is going to reduce a fracture. And that's really what we're after is reducing things like hip fractures. That being said, uh, we recommend that you get enough calcium, preferably from your diet. Eat a bunch of salmon and kale and you'll be fine. 
but if you don't um, eat a lot of salmon and kale, and those are just two examples, it's okay to take between 500 and 1,200 milligrams a day of calcium. The 1,200 milligrams is probably way more than you need. So maybe just find one supplement that's got five or 600 of calcium, maybe a couple 400 of vitamin D, and take that every day, and that's probably a good idea. All right, and in kind of related news, someone who is 80 in good health and has osteoporosis is wondering about the amount. Does, that, does your answer change because of the age? Uh, probably not. Um, as we get older, though, our bones do get weaker. So I do recommend that older adults make sure you're getting enough calcium and vitamin D. And again, that can be through diet. Green leafy vegetables and seafood are big ones, and there's some other things too. Or you can take a daily supplement. I think that's a good idea for most older adults to make sure you're getting those, either through diet or a supplement. And I do suggest between 600 or five or 600 and 1,200 of calcium. All right, this person is wondering, is cholesterol of 215 too high? Worked with diet decreasing from 236, otherwise healthy in the sev- in her 70s, this woman says, trying to stay away from statins, willing to continue lowering with diet. It took four months to go from 236 to 215. Yeah, 215 is still too high. Uh, there, you need some, uh, some cholesterol in your blood, but you don't need that much. And so, yes, I would recommend you continue to try to lower it. But more important than the total number is what it's broken down to. Doctors always want to know what's the LDL, the bad cholesterol. What are your triglycerides? What's your HDL, the good cholesterol? And so you, we always recommend diet, dietary changes. Eat like you live in the, in the south of France. Eat the Mediterranean diet. That'd be a good way to go. And Plus, you can pretend you're in the south of France. But also, exercising more, that's a good idea. You might try some natural things like red yeast rice is apparently supposed to have something that's good in there. That might help. There might be some other things like that. However, if in the end, after after six months of this, you can't get your cholesterol down, and particularly getting the LDL, the bad cholesterol, down, then I do recommend a statin. They are uh, They have been proven to make people live longer. All right, so let's try to get these last couple texts in before we have to say goodbye. Connected to what you were just talking about, this listener wants to know the possibility of um, metoprolol, I don't know if I'm saying that right, causing elevated LDLs. Metoprolol. Beta blockers, of which metoprolol is one of them, are a class of drugs that have many uses. They're used mostly for heart failure. They're also used for blood pressure and, uh, and some heart rhythm problems, and they are exceptionally good at what they're supposed to do. Uh, so I would, if you need to be on a beta blocker, take it, regardless of what your cholesterol is. They don't directly lead to higher cholesterols, but that can certainly occur. I would take a statin if you need to to get your cholesterol down. If you're on a beta blocker, chances are you might need a statin as well. All right, let's get this in for this person. I'm having MOHS surgery on Tuesday. My prep instructions say no Aleve for a week, no alcohol 24 hours before. Are those cautions related to bleeding? Yes, the Aleve is. Uh, the, the Mohs surgery, MOHS, is a dermatologic surgery to remove uh, lesions on your skin. We generally don't want people on aspirin or non-steroidals for bleeding risk. Um, I'm not exactly sure about the alcohol one, although it's probably never a good idea to drink alcohol prior to a procedure. More That's more likely due to something else, uh, anesthesia reaction, sedation. Maybe they just don't want you to come in hungover to a surgery. You know, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure about that one. I think that's but, just a given, but yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think, to say it. 
there might be something more than more to it than the alcohol, though we always do tell people, you know, don't drink too much before procedures. But that is a good idea. No Aleve ibuprofen, no non-steroidals, no aspirin in the day or two or three leading up to a surgery. All right. You can always get in touch with Dr. Hilden and me during the week. On Twitter, follow Dr. Hilden at Dr. David Hilden. I'm at Rashini R. Send us your questions during the week. And remember, we'll be back next Sunday for more Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden, have a wonderful 4th of July. You as well. Go find somebody and give them a, a, a good, happy 4th. Have a great holiday, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.